Friends, family, welcome. Coming to you from the not-so-nice part of Gramercy on the Island of Manhattan. This is episode 8 of the Miles by Mike podcast, a show dedicated to bringing you my loyal, loving legion of followers along on my journey to running in the 2016 New York City Marathon. First of all, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has contributed to my fundraising for AmeriCares thus far. As of today, I am almost halfway to my goal of raising $5,000 for Team AmeriCares. I can't thank everyone enough who has donated already. Really appreciate the support as we come down the stretch here. For those of you who haven't donated and wish to do so, you can go to my CrowdRise page. It is crowdrise.com slash Michael Kosnick. There are links on my social media, Instagram, Facebook, if you wish to donate those ways. Just get in touch with me. I'll make it easy for you. But if you're not in a position right now to donate, no worries. Your support in any capacity is much appreciated, and we're all still friends. (laughs) But for this week's episode, I have another very special guest to introduce you all to. I was able to interview my good friend, uh, Kip Murphy, a couple of weeks ago about his NYC marathon experiences, plural. He's actually running two New York City marathons, and needless to say, has a lot of very useful tips for me in regards to training and race day. So stay tuned for that. Great segment. But before I get to that quick recap of the week that was in the Miles by Mike world, as I mentioned on last week's episode, I had a big training run planned for this past Saturday. My last scheduled long run before the marathon, which is taking place now in just under a month, hard to believe. It was a 20-mile jaunt that I was looking to run at an average pace of 650 per mile, which would put me right around the three-hour mark for the marathon. A true test of endurance, a put-up-or-shut-up event for Team Miles by Mike. I decided that after this run, I would be able to have a better idea of what goal time to set. I also wanted to simulate race day conditions for the run. So this past Friday, I had a big carbo-loading dinner, pasta, bread, chicken, hydrated all night long, went to bed early and woke up at 5 a.m., which is roughly the time that I expect to wake up for the marathon. Had a solid breakfast of oatmeal and peanut butter that morning, and then hit the pavement around 7.30. I also was lucky enough to do the run at my parents' house in Connecticut, getting out to the Burbs. For my dad's birthday, shout out Cheech. This allowed me the opportunity to set up water cups in front of my parents' house, hydration station, which would allow me to practice running and sipping on water at the same time, which I didn't think would be too difficult, but was actually pretty tough, which I'm going to get to in a moment. Anyway, got to be honest, 7.30 when I started running, It was rough. Wasn't the greatest start. I'd actually hurt my left knee in a basketball game earlier in the week. Started to give me a lot of pain immediately after my start. The arch on my left foot was really aching. But I put those out of my mind. Just focused on hitting 650 a mile. Now the running 
for the most part, wasn't actually that tough. But the water drinking was pretty difficult. I would run by the hydration station that I created every three to four miles or so, grab a solo cup of water, not filled to the brim, but then start running with it and trying to drink. It was tough. I would look to take a sip. It would spill all over me. Go to take another sip, spill all over me again. I'm running full speed or 80% when I'm doing this. And I'm not getting a lot of water, unfortunately, but the water that I am getting is making my stomach feel not so great, splashing around in there. So after trying to do the water and running with the knee aching and the arch aching, I decided that after I hit the 13.1 mile mark, I was going to stop. Just wasn't worth it to push any further at that point, injure myself before the big day, which is, again, a little under a month away. I was happy, though, for that 13.1. I was able to average 648 per mile. But for those of you counting at home, I don't think 648 a mile for 13.1 is equivalent to that for 26.2, unfortunately. So the fact that really hit home after this run was despite the goal that I'd set for myself of running a sub-three-hour marathon, it might not be in the cards this year, unfortunately, given the setbacks due to injury, my hydration issues, and what have you. Might have to dial it back to 310, 315, I think I still beat Jonas's time that we bet on, but obviously not under three hours. I'm definitely disappointed, but I want to make sure that I set a pace that is efficient, the best that I can do, but at the same time, not leaving me crawling for the last six. Pacing, very important. I don't want to collapse across the finish line. I want to cross it with my hands stretched out high in jubilation and glory. I'll keep everyone updated, let everyone know what goal time I'm going for before I run. Don't worry about it. Maybe on the next episode, we'll see. I don't want to keep you any longer from hearing the main event. Kip, going to bring you the interview right now. A lot of juicy tidbits for you runners out there. And even if you're not a runner, he's had some great experiences running in the marathon, give you some insight into what it's like. Without further ado, my interview with Kip. Joining me here now on the pod, a good buddy of mine, the number one point guard in my life, and more importantly, it's two times, right? Two times, yeah. Two-time NYC marathoner, Kip Murphy. Kip, welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me, Mike. Now, for those of you who don't know Kip, uh, we grew up together in the Darien, New Canaan area, have been good buddies since elementary school, and from, I think, what, fifth grade, we started playing together? Sixth, sixth grade. Sixth grade. Maybe fifth, I don't know. Okay. That's I th- a question. Well, we played travel together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I start fifth? I guess it did. I yeah. think it was fifth. Yeah. Okay, so from fifth grade until high school, yep. almost every year, we played basketball together. We were the John Stockton, Carl Malone <laughs> of the various Darian basketball teams we were on. Didn't lead to many wins, unfortunately. <laughs> Some real cool things there. Yeah, it wasn't... The best of times all the time, but for the past 16 years, we've had our ups and downs. 
even till just last week, Kip was my point guard in an unfortunate loss. He was running the, running the offense, pushing us. We're not talking about that game. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it went pretty well. We yeah, we kind of melted at the end. Yeah, it was a. It was a team of Australians. They were dirty. It was not fun. <laughs> he always pushes me to my highest possible level. I told him he haunts my basketball dreams still to this day. <laughs> Every time I miss an easy layup, I just think about how I let him down. <laughs> he sets me up with the perfect pass in the low post. But I love it. I need it. I need that push to make me better on the court. And after talking today, I know it's going to make me better come marathon time. So Kip, as I mentioned, you're by my standards at least an expert at this point when it comes <laughs> to the New York City Marathon. Sure, sure. And I'm sure you have heard some of the episodes yep. of the Miles Wiley podcast. Yep. I had my brother on a couple weeks ago. We talked about the marathon, what to expect. However, while I enjoyed our conversation, I definitely would be interested in getting another perspective, your perspective, perhaps one including a little more organized preparation. Sure. Which I know that you did. So how do you want to start this off? Do you just want to – how did you get – Started in the marathon. What was your preparation like? Sure, yeah. Getting ready for uh, it. Yeah, it was it was weird. You know, as Mike sort of mentioned, growing up and stuff, we were always uh, very active kids. Like whether we were on Wee Warden, you know, playing around with all the neighborhood kids, you know, <laughs> airsoft and stuff. Our organized sports go way back. Um, I've always been like an athlete, and I think most of our friend group definitely we're all just athletes. So we're always out, you know, doing stuff, playing pickup, this or that, football, basketball, whatever we can sort of get our hands on. But I was never by any means a runner. It was never something that interested me. Like what I liked about all the sports and stuff we play is mm-hmm. that there's always like an objective, or, yeah. right? So like, and play to play, or like uh, as the game changes, it's constantly evolving, and you know, circumstances becoming different. Uh, and to me, running was just sort of like a monotonous thing where like you just get in your head a lot and it's just kind of like you're just going. Right? When did you start running? Was it during college or post? Not, yeah, I mean like I guess college because, you know, outside of like rugby, there wasn't anything I was like really staying fit for. Oh, yeah, like, I, I forgot like, rugby. Yeah, played like a little bit of like intramural soccer and stuff, but nothing of that like really kept you like fit. And by like running, it was never more than like five or seven miles. So like mm-hmm. by by no means would I consider myself like a runner, but uh, what happened and how I got into like marathons was a very bizarre sort of string of events. So 2012, uh, my sister was going to run the New York City Marathon with my dad. And that's when Hurricane mm-hmm. Sandy happened. Yeah. So they canceled the marathon that year like the day before. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it was totally unprecedented. Everybody was really upset with sort of how it was handled. Um, but they had to cancel the marathon for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, they just couldn't get... Uh, you know, the course ready, uh, the, uh, the volunteers and stuff, plus they, you know, they felt, thought that resources were better devoted to sort of restoring the area, which makes perfect sense in a lot of people's minds. They just wish they had canceled it yeah, you know, that a few was, days before. That so they basically then took everybody's uh, bibs. If you were able to run, mm-hmm. uh, what they ended up saying is that you, could, you had free entry into the next year. You could keep your bib and you could run in 2013. Okay. Uh, through like an un- unforeseen events, my father passed away very suddenly in between the 2012 and 2013 marathon. And my sister asked me if I would run it with her uh, and take his bib. And uh, I shared his name. So uh, New York Roadrunners was really gracious about it. They said it was totally fine. And so I ended up running... 2013 with both with mm-hmm. two of my sisters which was an amazing experience it was great i remember watching you yeah trucking it, it. yeah everybody <laughs> everybody came out in full force and you know that's going to be by far the highlight of of your marathon mm-hmm. i think it is for everyone as soon as you come across that bridge and you hit 
Manhattan. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of, sort of how I got in. And, uh, you know, once you're, once you sort of do one marathon, it's weird to get like this bug that you just kind of like, you get this itch to sort of like do it again, which sort of led me to, you know, the 2015 one after 2013, my knees were shot. I was just like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> I didn't run for like six months. And then like weirdly, I just got it again. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. But like, as you know, you start training like months out. So yeah. I took like a six month hiatus and then I was like kind of on the fence about it for like three months, but then you just sort of like got to commit to it if you're going to do it again uh, and then ended up running 2015 so uh that's sort of how it came about it was uh not not really planned but um it's you know it's an amazing experience um i haven't done any other marathons but from other marathoners that i talked to you know new york is top three of like the, the best ones to run mm-hmm. um i would argue that it's probably the most difficult i don't know of any other one where there's as much hill action there's a lot of up and down which is which is the challenging part of it, especially the finish. Mm-hmm. So I had two very different experiences because <laughs> 2013, I never looked at the course. I didn't want to know where I was on it. I was just kind of like, I'm going to go in blind and just run until I'm done. Like mm-hmm. that was kind of my thinking is that if I don't know where I am, I'm not dreading, you know, I have X number of miles still to go. You just kind of like do it. 2015, I didn't have that opportunity because <laughs> I know you're running right. yeah. the same course. Uh, so it's a little bit of a different animal, but you know, from your perspective, I know your training's been a little haphazard just because mm-hmm. of all the injuries and stuff. How are you feeling? Is everything good? The injury's going away? I know we talked about it the other week. The injuries have gotten better. Okay. I actually just ran 12 miles nice. earlier today. I've been icing, yep. doing a little icy hot as well before the run, stretching out. In better shape mm-hmm. in terms of the injuries, but I... When you suffered your injuries, was that before both of the marathons? Both, yeah. Different injuries. It was weird. Um, so for 2013, uh, because I'd never run and stuff, i had never done crazy distances. Mm-hmm. And I'm like a very inflexible person. And your muscles just get really tight. Did, Did you, you do gymnastics growing up? No, no. That was oh. my brother. Okay, yeah. yeah Timmy. Yeah, yeah, shout no, out Tim, to Timmy yeah, Murphy. Yeah, yeah, Tim Murphy's still a very flexible person. So, Gumby. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, was, I was not involved, so I, I had none of those advantages. And, like, as you're doing these longer runs, your muscles get really tight. So, like, mm-hmm. mine didn't really have anywhere to go. So, I started having all these issues with my knees, and I had no idea what was going on. And my IT bands were just, like, crazy tight. Mm-hmm. So foam roller, like, I, fought, I shut it down for, like, three weeks because I didn't know what it was. Went and saw an orthopedist. He was a dude who had run a bunch of marathons out in Stanford. Shout out Dr. Haas. That dude's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, and he was basically like, listen, you, 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 like everything is way, way too tight. He's like, I don't know if it's a structural thing yet. He's like, but what you got to do is you got to be very diligent about stretching. Make sure you're warmed up and stuff for your runs and get a foam roller and, you know, just roll everything. So where was it specifically? It was on the outside of your knees. I've got okay. it on, on both sort of now. And basically, like, you just, you, you put on the foam roller and you sort of roll down the outside of your, of your quad and hamstring. Mm-hmm. So, like. Uh, and it basically just like stretches it back out and, uh, it worked wonders. It was great. Got some, got some insoles that helped a little bit. Uh, but you know, taking three weeks off the marathon, uh, seven weeks out from when it's like, that's yeah. the height of your training. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, the furthest I went was 18 and I did that, uh, like three weeks before the marathon, which is highly not advisable. <laughs> do not do that. Uh, you want to be tapering long yeah. before that. So, um, but I, I am a firm believer 18 is all you need as far as like your long run goes. You don't need to go to 20, and once you go past 20, you're actually doing, like, physical damage to your muscles. Like Interesting. They, they start breaking down. Like, okay. there's a reason why the first guy who ran a marathon dropped dead at the end of the day. <laughs> Humans, I don't think, are designed to run this distance. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, 18, between 18 and 20, that's sort of where you want to be. 
um, and nothing more than that for sure. I know that some programs uh, or some plans you can follow will say do 21 or 22. Don't do it. So I just did 20 last weekend. I think Perfect. that's my max. Yep. It's interesting that you say that though because I definitely – my brother when I had him on yeah. was like, oh, I wish I just ran a marathon. But it sounds no, like – No, 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 okay. no. Yeah, you don't want to do it. You want to have – you know, you want your body to be able to have that recovery time of coming down from that kind of distance and then just sort of like building your strength back because your endurance is there. Once, you, once you've done that, uh, you know, once you've done 20, 26, I know it sounds crazy but it's really not – it's not that much further. Um, it'll feel a lot different obviously, yeah. <laughs> during the marathon, but but it's it's much more manageable, especially from a mental perspective. Just knowing you've sort of reached that threshold, Definitely. you're like, okay, I'm alright. Yeah, you can get there, and then the last six, hopefully, just yeah. adrenaline yeah, is yeah, pushing you. Did you ever hit a marathon wall? Yeah, and you will. I don't like it's. I mean, short of like the professional guys that do it, mm-hmm. I don't know anyone that doesn't. And there's no like tipping point of like when it's gonna happen. Um, for me, it's happened in relatively the same area, uh, both times. So what you'll notice is like you hit, uh, second Avenue, I think it is when yep. you're running up, uh, you know, uh, through Manhattan, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Like the people that come out for it, like the energy level is just so high that like, it's really difficult to sort of like keep your pacing and like whatever, cause more likely than now the people that come out to support you, that's where you're going to see them. Mm-hmm. You see them either running up second Avenue, whereas you turn back around and come back into the park, it's going to be like one of those two things. And so, like, you know, like, your adrenaline just, yeah. just, like, gets going. Like, it's such, it's a super high. You're mm-hmm. already, you've already been running for 13, 14 miles, you know. So, like, you're already at that runner's high point, and then you hit this stuff, and it's, like, it's nice. <laughs> so, once you get uh, up above, I think, I think you run, like, seven miles up through Manhattan. And I think it's right around mile 20 or 21 as you're going uh, into the Bronx and looping back down. Yeah. Uh, heading towards the park. That's sort of where I've hit it, and mm-hmm. there's weird parts because there's a bridge you're going to go up that's sort of, it's a, it's a pretty steady incline for a little bit, and then you loop back around, and my first year, that's where I hit it, and that's where, like, the injury stuff came back <laughs> in play, and that was no fun at all, but when you come back down, there's a nice little downhill, which is good, and you can sort of, like, catch your breath and, mm-hmm. and refocus and stuff, and then as you come back into the park, it's not the same buzz as 2nd Avenue, but there's still a ton oh, of yeah, people, sure. so... So that helps you out a little bit, but that's when, you know, you start getting a lot of the hills towards the end. So you, it's usually right around in there. Like you've, you've hit that threshold of like, oh, this is the furthest I've ever run, yeah. you know, cause like you're training oh, yeah, 20 definitely. and then like everything after that is kind of like, I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> so it's kind of one of those things where somewhere in there, you know, it's whether the adrenaline falls or whatever it is, that's usually where, uh, I think you'll, you'll hit your wall. But, um, like the mental fortitude of it, like if, if you're like, okay, I, I recognize this is happening. The only thing I can say to you is don't stop running. Like, mm-hmm. whatever you don't walk, like, yeah. don't stop running. It's And it's gonna, there's going to be some challenges to it. But uh, my first year, I made the mistake. I started walking a little bit, and your muscles seize real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really hard to sort of get going and get back into that rhythm. So, like, you can slow your pace for sure. And, like, even if it's, like, a almost a walk in terms of a run, but you're still, you know, keeping your, your muscles going, that's definitely yeah. the best way to handle it. And you, once you get through the wall, like – you know, everybody has it, especially mm-hmm. when you're training runs and stuff, you hit that point where you're just winded and you push through and you're fine again. You hit that, run, that you know, that, that rhythm and you're, and you're good. So don't worry about the wall. It's not, I don't think it's as debilitating as people make it sound. Um, it, it's sort of like a struggle for yeah. like maybe a mile, but once you push through it, you get right back into it and you're solid. So when you were running to battle the wall, yeah, did you listen to music at all or did you go no headphones because i've heard both yeah it's weird i under i don't understand how people do it without neither i can't understand that either my brother did that and and the the biggest part for me is not um like the fact that like 
like you'd be in your head a lot, but like I don't know what I would think about for like four, <laughs> four oh, yeah, and a half right? hours. Like I need a distraction of mm-hmm. some kind. And there there are part, parts during the race where like I mean my music is not like up super loud. Like, it's not yeah. like I can't you know hear everything else because like especially when you hit Second Avenue, like you'll hear people yelling for you and stuff. You're looking all around. Uh, and like you get great encouragement from people along the way, you know, even when you're struggling and stuff, like if you have your name written on you or something or on your bib or something, people call out to you and just like give you encouragement. So by no means is it like blaring, but like <laughs> I need to have something. Yeah. Uh, and just to have like a rhythm to go to and stuff like that. Uh, I definitely did it with headphones and, uh, the wall part of it, I don't think there's really anything that pushes you through it. It's definitely like a mental fortitude thing. Yeah. Just being like, this is temporary. I just kind of like got to get past this, this little bit and then. You know, finish out the the marathon, but yeah, I but, don't, I don't, I don't know if there's anything. Is like, <laughs> it? It's a solve all. No, all of all course in. not. I just always ran with music. Yeah, so when I heard to. people not yeah. doing music, my yeah. one concern with the music would be you'd mentioned when you're running second half and there are people. Did you miss anyone um, that was like Kip? You're such a jerk for not acknowledging. Well, me. it's. I mean, I guess it's weird. So going into the marathon, and this is the easiest way to do it, I think, is to sort of tell people. Like, mm-hmm. like what's, cause you, you can obviously choose what side of the road you run on. Right. Yeah. So, and, and it's hard for, you know, if you have to go back and forth, back and forth of like looking on each side, normally what I do is like, as you come over, as you're running up second Avenue, I just hug the left hand side because okay. what that allows people to do is, um, you know, it's very hard to cross the course. Yeah. So like if you're on, it. if you're on the right, uh, like for the runners, if you're on the right hand side of the runners, to cross over to then get to the rest of Manhattan. So, like, if they wanted to go to the park and stuff, it's very difficult to get across that. And, you know, now with security and stuff, it's going to be even more difficult yeah. for people to run across, you know, the course. So, if you're on – if people are on where the – if the runners are running up past you, it's the left-hand side for the runners, they can see you there, and then they can go back over to 5th. They can go to the park. They can do all that stuff. So, exactly. I told most people, I was like, listen – be on the, the west side of 2nd Avenue, right? So you can mm-hmm. go then from there to the rest of Manhattan and or you know, it makes it easier for them to meet up with you at the end and all that other stuff. So for me, I don't know if I missed anyone. I'm sure I did um, because, you it know, happens. between like, you know, work people, family and friends and stuff, like you don't know who's coming out. Mm-hmm. The first year I know, and um, if Kyle Fitzpatrick and Garrett are listening <laughs> to this, I know that they were tracking me, but like the tracking system isn't exactly perfect. So they were sitting at a part uh, down 2nd Avenue thinking they had seen me and then realized, oh, oh my God, he's like all the way up 2nd Avenue. We missed him and then and then hustled over to the park and I saw him there. But like it's one of those things where, you know, it's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. Like, the tracking system only does, you know, so much. But if you can sort of like let people know in advance, hey, I'm going to stay to this one side, you'll you'll be able to, get to see most people. Yeah, my brother's girlfriend drove down from Dartmouth yeah. to watch him run. Yeah. And he totally did oh, not no. see her the one time that he was running past her, unfortunately. But that's a note that everyone needs to make in their book. I will be running on the west, so left-hand side of the course going up 2nd Avenue. If you have fireball shots for me, that's where you're going to have to hand them to me. Or if you just want, <laughs> want to throw water in my face. Speaking of fireball shots while running the marathon, what were you drinking, eating. Yeah. Um, I assume it wasn't fireball. No, no, God, no. I don't know how to do I mean, if you want to do that, God bless you, but uh, I can only imagine. Is that, that a thing? Do people... Because I know there's like a beer mile. The, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've i never seen like alcohol stands and stuff because obviously they're not race sanctioned. Mm-hmm. So it's like, random, <laughs> it's like random people just sort of setting up shop. The only time I've ever seen it, so when I was at Boston College, the mm-hmm. Boston Marathon runs right by our campus. And the most oh, yeah. difficult part of the Boston Marathon is Heartbreak Hill, and it crests at the top of our campus. Oh, wow. So at, you basically are hitting mile 21, you know, the longest climb of the entire marathon ends at BC, 
Uh, and then you're on this downslope on the other half of our campus that sort of leads you into the final part of the race. And we would always set up sort of tables and stuff that we had uh, many different adult beverages in. <laughs> and we had a couple a couple guys in like their uh, late 30s, early 40s that would stop and just have a beer with us. They were just being like, I think I'm going to die. Like, I think I'm think about it. <laughs> and they were, that was during the marathon. Yeah, and they would just That's stop awesome. and they were like, I, I just need a beer. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but thank you guys, like whatever, and then they would take off. So uh, that's the only time I've ever seen it. I haven't seen mm-hmm. anybody during uh, the New York City Marathon do it. I certainly did not because, oh, man. So like, you stuck to water and Gatorade. Yeah, actually. yeah, and, and uh, I don't know if you run with goo. I do but, do goo. Uh, 100% recommend okay, that. Okay, good. It's like I'm on from, the goo train. From nothing other than the anti-cramping mm-hmm. like portion of it because, you know, it, you'll see towards the end of the race and stuff, uh, anyone who's cramping, it's it looks absolutely miserable. Oh, yeah, and, I can't imagine. You know, the most you can do, like, to avoid injury, cramping, any sort of negative effects uh, will make your experience, like, significantly better. How often did you goo during your run? Uh, I would say, like, one, between one uh, every six and seven miles. Okay, that's like, about what I do. Yeah, it's, it's right in that range. Um, the My 2015 marathon... Uh, I got kind of gassed towards the end, and I thought that popping those would give me like a little extra <laughs> energy. And at the end of the race, I thought I was going to throw up everywhere, so okay. I, would, I would not recommend it. It was it was a rough thing on my system. Yeah, the so. goos, I really like them, but they have like chocolate and vanilla, I which I love. But orange. then the oh, orange, okay. And I do the the chews. Oh, you do the chews? Yeah, I, the, the, okay. the like the goo goo. I just have the packets. Yeah, the packets I always found difficult to sort of get down. Mm-hmm. The chews are easy because you can sort of like, even if you're breathing heavy, like you can still have them in your mouth and your mouth's open to get that extra oxygen in so you don't have to like, you know, try to slurp it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like if your mouth is really dry, like I don't know if you could take the goo, like the goose in the pouches without like water or Gatorade, like without a stand that you yeah. can like sort of, you know, wash it down with. Mm-hmm. The chews, at least you can like chew them and just swallow them. So like... If you miss a stand yeah, or like whatever definitely. it is, so I mean, it, I would recommend you know sort of run day. That's what I would just take a ziploc and you know toss a couple of them in there. I had uh, you know those in there, and I just uh, have like a like a side pocket, and I'll just open that up every time I need one, just pop one in. Duly noted. Yeah. So going into run day. Yes. How did you get? to the start line of the marathon. So... And, and also, adding on top of that, what was your pre-race meal? Yeah, so, uh, definitely want to carbo-load the night before. Uh, so, get your pastas in. And one more on top of that, what were you wearing? Sorry. So, yeah, three yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. Just because it's all pre-race. Oh, sure. So, in terms of transportation, I was really lucky. Um, so, the first year and my second year... Um, the first year, my younger sister who ran with us, she raised a bunch of money for the Alzheimer's Association. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as part of Team Alzheimer's, uh, they get a bus to transport you, the whole Alzheimer's team, okay. to the, the start. I, so, I think my charity has something like that. So probably Which is perfect. Mm-hmm. Like if, if they provide transportation for you, 100% you know, take advantage of that because I've never had to do it, just public transit, get myself there. But I can only imagine it's a nightmare. And I've heard a lot of horror stories of people freaking out and, what, and not... Not knowing if they're going to make it there. Like, you just want to get to that village. You want to chill. Mm-hmm. You know, just be relaxed. Stretch a little bit. Um, Did they, you eat when you were there or your pre-race yeah, meal was no, before? No, my, my... So, like, obviously, dinner before the, the night of... Carbo load, I yeah, assume? Yeah, pasta, pasta. Just lots of bread, like, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, try to stay away from anything uh, like milk or dairy. Ooh, uh, interesting. You know, the lactic acid buildup yeah. you get the next day. No Not good. So, stay away from that. But, you know, uh, water, Gatorade... Lots of stretching, uh, just try to stay loose, uh, get a good night's sleep two nights before. The night of, 
Uh, obviously, you have nerves and stuff, but it's not as important. And you know, the, like, the 48-hour rule or whatever they say. So, Did you have trouble sleeping the night before the marathon? Uh, That's no, what I'm I've, most concerned about. I've never had, I've never had trouble sleeping. Um, you know, you're going to want to try and get your body clock like, a little bit earlier so that you can go to sleep by, mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever. Because I, I guarantee you whatever transportation you're taking is going to be early in the morning. Yeah, definitely. You know, you're going to have to get up by, like, 4.30 or 5 mm-hmm. to, you know, get yourself ready and, and get to the, the, the transit on time. But, um, yeah, I never had – the nerves and stuff, like – once you prepare to prepare, it's like anything else, you know, yeah. like before, you know, big tests or the big basketball, or game. big basketball games. Yeah. It's all that stuff. Like you're, pe- you're prepared, you know, you know what to expect for the most part. Uh, you just want to go and relax. So, you know, at that point in time, there shouldn't be any nerves. Like you've done your training, you're ready to go. At that point, I was just excited. You know, you know, I was just ready to knock it out, get it out of the way. What was the race day outfit? Uh, race day outfit. I highly recommend compression shorts, you know, spandex Got of some those. kind. Um, I have never been able to run in pants. Uh, I've never done like, I don't do that either. Yeah. So, uh, 2013 was a little cold, uh, but like my legs never had an issue with that. Uh, and once you start running, you warm up pretty quick. What I do recommend for everyone. I think I know what you're going to say. Well, uh, <laughs> you got, you got to go to like, I don't know, like Target or TJ Maxx or something. Get yourself a throwaway sweatsuit. Oh, okay. That sweatpants. wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, sweatpants, sweatshirt, or whatever. Just get something real cheap that you're literally just going to throw out. Because then they donate the clothes. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, and it's great. Um, but, you know, uh, this is November in New mm-hmm. York. You have no idea what the kind of weather and stuff you're going to get. Uh, they have, like, blankety type things in the village, but not, like, a ton of stuff. So you're going to want to have something warm uh, that at least you can start out with, and then, you know, as you get into the race, you can just toss it. So mm-hmm. I had the sweatpants. I tossed them right, at the, right before the start line was good kept my sweatshirt that first year through like mile seven and then tossed it um but yeah and then you're gonna want more especially you i yeah. know you're, you're, a big guy, so you're gonna want some moisture you a lot of time around yeah, 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 yeah you're gonna definitely want something moisture wicking or at least something that can that can keep you uh cooler at least somewhat dry uh to the best of, of the abilities um if it's cold i recommend a hat uh mm-hmm. you can always carry it or whatever if it, if it gets too hot but having that is certainly worth it but i remember some people and also there was an office episode on it. Sure. The oh, nipple yeah. chafing. Oh, yeah. Is that a thing? It's 100% a thing, and it hurts bad <laughs> if it happens. I thought you were going to say where put Vaseline on. Uh, I did Band-Aids. Band-Aids? I, yeah, I just crisscrossed the Band-Aids over each one of them because that at least gives you, like, you know, extra, like, padding or whatever. Like, the Vaseline stuff is great. I use this stuff called Runner's Glide. It's kind of like okay. you can get it at, I think, most running stores. Um, it's like a deodorant stick, but it's like, you know, it prevents mm. chafing and stuff. Uh, one place I will recommend for you, and I had no idea what was going to happen, but this is where I had the worst shaving, back of your arms, like right behind your armpit. Interesting. Because like, as you're running like yeah. this, like you don't, you don't think anything like that. Like everybody's always concerned about like legs and stuff like that. I had it right behind, like right here on the, like kind of mm-hmm. near your shoulder blade. It was brutal. Oh I was like, my God. I was like, I can't believe like this happened. <laughs> like of all the places that are everywhere else, I was totally good. I feel like I'm just going to be a ball of chafe. Yeah, it might happen. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, if, if you... If well, they have Vaseline, to, I heard, on the, the yeah, route, right? But, yeah, but once it happens, dude... <laughs> it just doesn't stop. Yeah, no. The Vaseline's not going to help you mile 15. Yeah. You got you to have, have it to start or, or something's going to go wrong. What did you do for footwear? Did you get blisters pretty bad? Um, no? Yeah, it depends. Um, you know, the first year I didn't, second year I did. Uh, but, like, you don't notice until the end of the race anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, you're, you're pretty good. Um, uh, socks and stuff, you'll want something that's like, uh, you know, it's relatively attached to your foot. Uh, you know, those ones that have like kind of scrunchy material that goes across the bridge. Yeah. You know, just keep it in place so it doesn't slide around as much. But otherwise, 
Uh, for your shoes and stuff, don't tie them super tight. I know this is this is all stuff that whatever. Yeah, no, but it's it's helpful. Whatever, because... whatever you're com- whatever you were comfortable with during your 18, mm-hmm. do the same thing for the marathon. Okay. However you wore, whatever you had, you'll be this. It'll be the same more or less. You know, so whatever you prepared for that, do the same for the marathon. Gotcha. So you're starting out. You're yeah. in your pen. You're going. Yep. Did you and was it for either or both? Did you have a goal time in mind and if so how did you go about pacing yourself yeah so i have never been able to pace myself it's just like been my most difficult yeah and it's like you know with the music and things like that it's the catch 22 because you're gonna have certain songs you get a little more amped for Mm -hmm. there are portions of the course that are easier you get an amped for and to me it was like a little bit of a mind game like if you if you were like a mile stretch of the race there was mostly downhill like and you go kind of fast, like, wouldn't you want that? Because you're going to hit a part that's an uphill. Yeah. So, like, I don't, I didn't want to have, like, consistent splits the whole way because I didn't know, especially towards the end, if I'd be mm-hmm. able to maintain that kind of thing. So, I just kind of went with the flow, uh, especially the first year because I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Went in with some injuries, don't know. Like, I'd never run more mm-hmm. than 20. So, for me, it was just kind of like, hey, you know, we're going to go, do this, see what happens. Uh, the goal time for me was anything sub four. Um, I missed it both years by like, uh, like a hair, uh, mm-hmm. which is a little frustrating, but, uh, you know, with injuries going into both yeah, of them, I, you can't expect. all you can, all you can ask for is just to finish and to finish, you know, without being, you know, in, in a ton of pain. Um, uh, and that's really all, all you can ask for. Was your first, I was running this past weekend sure. and I ran into a good buddy that I went abroad with shout out Danny Edwards. He's <laughs> a runner. And he ran in the marathon last year, was going for a 3.30 marathon, I believe. Quick. Yeah, very quick. He ran in college, so he was definitely in shape. But he said his first mile, I think, was 5.50, and he felt like he was running an eight-minute mile. So did you find the first mile you were just totally amped and crushing well, it or did you do a good job of pacing yourself so the first year i was uh i was able to pace myself because i was running with my older sister who does pace and mm-hmm. she's really good at that uh and she'd run a marathon before so like the excitement's certainly there mm-hmm. um and you know once you've done the training of this like the first mile doesn't feel like anything anyway yeah so you can kind of go out the gate like i know that my first my first eight miles were real fast the first year uh i was going out at like seven minute miles for like, oh, the first, wow. like the first like seven or eight so it was fast okay and then i really started to you know come back to earth um in terms of like the pacing and stuff so it's it's weird you know i i would say like try to sort of temper it uh the nice thing is that it's so crowded at the beginning that like you can't you know you can't you're not just mm-hmm. shot out of a gun you know there's gonna be you know congestion near you did you um, have a tough time getting around people Nah, or? i mean uh and you shouldn't have any issues either just being a taller guy you can mm-hmm. sort of you know pick and choose your throw shirt. some elbows yeah i mean <laughs> you don't want to be malicious about it because you know you have like there are like 70 year olds that run this thing it's crazy so. uh, get out of my way yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you can sort of pick and choose your lanes and go at your pace i never wanted to be like stuck behind someone it, like it just makes me anxious and stuff. It makes me feel like I have to, mm-hmm. you know, change my stride and all that. So you you sort of pick and choose and you weave your way. And then once you're off the bridge, it opens up a lot. Especially in Brooklyn, you you should have no problems. In okay, it opens up. It opens up a ton. Um, the end. The end is the only time it gets really congested. Mm-hmm. Like the last like two or three miles gets the the with the barricades and stuff. It's just very congested and people are going at very different speeds. So okay. it's, it's a little bit harder to navigate there. And so from either or both of your marathons, yeah. it can be one, it can be two, sure. 
favorite moment and least favorite moment. I guess uh, let's start off with the least favorite moment. Uh, <laughs> well, the well, the least favorite it was uh, it was weird. My first marathon, uh, I got to like mile twenty six. So you just got like that point two left, mm-hmm. and like I was hurt. Like my knees were hurting, my back was hurting, like everything had seized up. Uh, sort of in the park, but you know I got like this thought in my head. There's like. F this. <laughs> I'm so tired of running. I'm just going to go. And I took off in a dead sprint. Uh, and I go flying past this lady. And she was like, what the hell? And I'm just like booking it. And I get across the finish line. And I stop immediately. And like blood rushes from my head. I am going to pass out. So I literally like grab this guy in front of me who I'm sure is dying himself. And he and he, <laughs> just, he had just run the marathon. Yeah, I mean he, oh. we we literally just crossed the finish and like I'm gonna pass out, so I just grabbed this guy's shoulder and he looks back at me and I was like, I'm really sorry. I was like, I, I don't know if I'm gonna like pass out right now. I was like, I just stand here for a second. He's like, Yeah, yeah, sure, like no no big deal. So that that was probably like the the low point, because like that's you know, everything hits at the same time. Like all the pain that you had felt, uh your muscles are dead. Mm-hmm. Uh Physically, mentally, you're just exhausted, and at that point in time, I didn't know if I was gonna like then pass out and like medical attention. Like I didn't, yeah. want, I didn't want any of that. I just wanted. To Where's like, the closest ambulance? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, that was probably the low uh, outside of like if you shower afterwards. Well, I mean, like when you do uh, the <laughs> assuming I shower, what, whatever chafing you had, oh god, will be apparent immediately, and mm-hmm. that's a low point too. So. Um, but other than that, the high for sure, every single time I've done it, uh, not even finishing, the, the best part about the marathon is Second Avenue. Like, mm-hmm. you come across the bridge, you literally, you, you're running, you've just gotten through Brooklyn, you look to your left, you see just a sea of people. It's yeah. amazing. And you can't quite hear it yet because you have to go all the way down and loop around this big corner and then loop back around. But when you do that second loop back around and you're actually on 2nd Avenue, it's just like a wave of noise hits you. And mm-hmm. it's, it's like one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. So that's definitely the high. I'm sure that when you hit that, like even like you're just going to be like so, so pumped. You see all these people, everybody's cheering, they're going nuts. Uh, so better then, than uh, opening night for the Blue Wave yeah. playing Farsi uh, <laughs> uh, basketball? Yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> very close, very close second. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that, that is certainly the highlight. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I am very excited now to run in the New York City Marathon. I was before, but this is getting me even more amped up. Yeah, yeah. When are we going to do a marathon? Uh, I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely not this year. I, I definitely will do another one. Um, we'll see how you feel after this okay, one. Okay, yeah. And I like, shouldn't get too far ahead and, of and you wanna And whether you want to jump back on the horse for, you know, uh, 2017 or something like that. But, um, yeah, I usually take at least a year and a half okay. or so in between. But, I, you know, I'm definitely down to do another one. Definitely down to New York City. I got, I got that goal time I want to beat. Uh, so at some point in time, I'm sure the itch will come back. I'm trying to start a revolution. I talked to Tim on this week's pod just got released. He's training for his girlfriend's half marathon. Trent O'Connor, who we play basketball with, is training for half marathon. I want to get the boys running marathons, travel all the U.S. We could be like a a rock star group, (laughs) maybe. It's a bit ambitious, but I like Skinnier rock stars. (laughs) But Kip... It was a pleasure, man. Thanks really appreciate on, you coming uh, on. Real excited for you. Best of luck. Hope it's good weather. I've lucked out with the weather. Uh, 2014 was a terrible year. Yeah. People coming up second half, we wanted to like, eat my own our headwind. Oh, my God. That was brutal. So, fingers crossed for you that it's a beautiful day. No wind, just perfect skies. Uh, you want to be
Thanks, and I appreciate you coming on. We're looking forward to seeing you at the finish line. I'll be there. I'm hoping you have a fireball shot for me. Sure. Or maybe, maybe a water. If you want it. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, well, we'll talk soon, man. Thank you.